This is Kyle Brown. Uh, I am with the Superintendent Radio Network. I am here today with Larry Leonard, the Aquatrol's Territory Manager for the North, Central, and Great Lakes region. How are you doing today, Larry? Good, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Larry and I had a, uh, a lot of fun trying to organize this call because we've both been fighting colds. We're both feeling better today, and we wanted to talk a little bit about assessing turfgrass salinity issues which this is a huge issue for a lot of superintendents, especially when you're dealing with reclaimed water or anything else right now. Turfgrass salinity is a, is a big deal. But let's start right there, as a matter of fact. You know, why is testing your irrigation water so important? Golf courses irrigate quite frequently, especially in arid regions of the country, and of course everywhere country during dry weather. So if you think about it, everything that's in your irrigation water will eventually end up in the soil. So knowing what's in your irrigation water is really important and it can help you know in advance what potential problems using this water for irrigation might cause in your soils. I like to tell turf managers that an irrigation water quality test is always a good first step. I think it serves as an indicator of possible problems and shows you if you may have an issue with excessive salinity, excessive sodium and toxic ions in the soil. But irrigation water quality issues don't always result in problems in the soil, especially in non-arid regions with high precipitation rates and well-drained soils, because that rainfall allows natural leaching of salts past the root zone. So if an irrigation water quality test indicates a potential problem, the next step is to test the soil to verify that you really have a soil-related problem from less than ideal irrigation water quality. So you're doing a, uh, a water quality test report then? Just to check the salinity of the soil, you know, what are the most important things to look for? Yeah, irrigation water quality test reports have a lot of information, and they can sometimes be overwhelming. The thing to focus on is really the three main problems that can present itself for turf grass, and that's excessive salinity, excessive sodium, and potentially toxic ions. So if you focus on those three main areas, the number of test results that you really have to look for are relatively small. That does seem uh, simple enough. So if an irrigation water quality test report, you know, if that, if that shows you have a problem with one of those three things, uh, that was uh, excessive salinity, excessive sodium, or a potential ion toxicity, what can this actually cause in the soil itself? I guess just as a reminder, remember, an irrigation water quality test report only indicates a potential problem. You don't always have a problem in the soil, so always make sure that you verify that you have these issues in the soil by, by doing a soil test, and we'll talk about that in our next podcast. The, the main problems that it can cause is excessive salinity soil can cause a water uptake problem for turf grasses. And the problem really occurs when the concentration of the salts in the soil solution outside of the roots increases, and that reduces the tendency of water to move into the turf grass roots, uh, so that decreases. So the problem is if soil salinity gets high enough that it, that it can reduce water uptake in the plant, it can do that to the point that the, that the plant starts to experience moisture stress, uh, even when the soil seems to have plenty of water. We often call that physiological drought or wet wilt. The next problem is excessive sodium in the soil. And sodium cations can cause deflocculation, or that's really a loss of soil structure, in finer textured soils, which contain significant amounts of silt and clay particles. And a loss of soil structure decreases pore size and that significantly reduces the permeability of soil. So water doesn't drain very well. It puddles on the surface. The soils become anaerobic with low oxygen levels. All this significantly reduces the turf quality, and it can actually kill turf if soil deflocculation is severe enough. As far as toxic ions are concerned, for turf grasses, actually it's pretty simple. 
A boron is the ion in the soil that most commonly causes toxicity. Leaf tip burn is probably the most common symptom, although uh, boron toxicity is fairly rare, and it seldom kills turf grass. So I guess that's the good news as far as toxicity is concerned in turf grass. That is better news than, uh, than actually just losing the turf itself. Right. <laughs> We've got golf courses all throughout the U.S. Uh, and all different types of turf, all different types of soils. How can we determine what's appropriate for our particular course? You know what, that's a great question because turf species vary greatly in their tolerance to soil salinity levels. Generally, the cool season turf grasses are more sensitive to soil salinity levels than the warm season grasses. So specifically, uh, for example, annual bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass, rough bluegrass, so a lot of the bluegrasses, and colonial bentgrass are the most sensitive to soil salinity. If you look at some of the warm season grasses like alkali grass, Bermuda grass, St. Augustine grass, they're a lot more tolerant, and seashore pastellum is the most salt-tolerant turf grass species of all. The other turf grass species are either moderately sensitive to or they're moderately tolerant of soil salinity. As far as sodium, again, this is a problem with the finer textured soils with significant amounts of salt and clay particles. Permeability of sand root zone mixes or native sand soils with, that don't have a lot of silt or clay particles, it's often not affected very much by sodium because sands don't have any soil structure to begin with. So sodium cations can't destroy soil structure in sands that didn't exist there in the first place. Well, yeah, it can't damage what's not there. Right. You mentioned that you know excessive salinity, sodium, and uh, the boron toxicity, you know, those are the things that we see the most often. Are there any other water quality issues our listeners should be aware of? Uh, yes, there's a couple of others. Uh, one's a little more regional in nature, and the other one is currently being debated and researched further. The regional one is called ultra-pure water, and that's really water that has very low salinity levels. So it's really the opposite problem of excessive salinity in the water. The problem with ultra-pure water is that it has the potential to reduce infiltration rates on some fine textured soils, and it does that by it's often called stripping calcium and magnesium cations right near the surface, and this causes a loss of soil structure, often described as crusting and a very thin layer right at the soil surface. So again, this is a soil structure problem of the finer textured soils and really not of sands. And the phenomena is really not completely understood. It's most common in Canada, California, some of the snowpack mountainous areas, and in arid regions of the western United States. We don't see it a whole lot east of the Mississippi River for some reason. And the other irrigation water quality topic that's commonly getting superintendents' attention today, and it's probably under the most debate right now, is bicarbonate. Uh, bicarbonate is an anion that's commonly found in irrigation water, and it can combine with calcium cations to form calcium carbonate in the soil. Now, in arid regions with high sodium levels in the, in the soil and high pH soils, high bicarbonate levels in irrigation water is known to make sodium problems in the soil worse. And it does that because it precipitates out with the calcium cation that could you know, otherwise knock sodium cations off of cation exchange sites. That would help the sodium cations be leached out of the root zone more efficiently. So that's where this bicarbonate is a problem okay. if you have high sodium. In other parts of the country, in some of the non-arid regions, you know, predominantly east of the Mississippi River, where we don't have a lot of sodium problems, and quite often we have neutral pH to acid soils, it's really not well known under what conditions this bicarbonate will react with calcium to form this calcium carbonate in the soil, if it does it you know, at all. 
So the USGA green section right now is currently funding university research, and they're truly they're trying to get a better understanding of bicarbonate levels in irrigation water and under what soil conditions and what weather conditions this might cause a problem. The main problem is if calcium carbonate forms in the soil, it may reduce permeability, almost like the problem with sodium. We should know a lot more about this issue and about bicarbonate in irrigation water in the next few years when the research comes in. We'll be interested to see where that goes in the next couple of years, too. Considering that there is so much information out there, where can we go to find out more about it? No, Kyle, you're right. There is a lot of information on this topic. In fact, there's you know, many textbooks that have been written on the subject. So, I mean, you and I, we just scratched the surface today, and that's all we're really going to try to do. But in our next podcast, we're going to look more about how to manage some of these issues. That's what we're going to talk about then. But in the meantime, if you'd like more general information about what we discussed today, you can get that in a guide we've put together, the Aquatrol's Guide to Assessing and Managing Turfgrass Salinity Issues in Irrigation Water and Soils. It's available for free on our website, www.aquatrols.com. You can also receive a copy by emailing info at aquatrols.com with your name and your contact information, and we'll be happy to send that out. I'll make sure to have that information in the show notes as well. If you're listening to this online, you should be able to uh, click right through in the description. I know we're just scratching the surface, but for right now, that's that's what we've got time for. Is there uh, anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, just, I guess, a final reminder. When you're looking at irrigation water quality reports for the salinity levels, look for the sodium and look for uh, boron for turf grass. And then remember that just because an irrigation water quality report says you have maybe less than ideal water, it doesn't always mean you have a problem in the soil. So this is a good first step. And then if you think you may have a potential problem in the soil, the next step would be to test the soil. And we'll talk about some of that in the next podcast. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So all right, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for your help, Larry. Thank you, Kyle.